Now, the Buckeye Extra Podcast with Rob Aller, Bill Rabinowitz, and Joey Kaufman from the Columbus Dispatch. Hello, Buckeye fans. Welcome to the first day of spring football. This is Joey Kaufman. I'm joined by Bill Rabinowitz. It's March 7th, and we are recording a little bit after the Buckeyes held their first 15 spring practices at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. Bill and I were in attendance for the first 30 minutes of practice. Reporters were able to see about five periods of the practice, which I guess allowed us to, to kind of see who was out there. And we also heard afterwards from, from Ryan Day and Jim Knowles and the quarterbacks, Kyle McCord, Devin Brown, as their competition underway. Uh, Bill, what do you think is the, the biggest thing we learned on this day? I think the biggest thing is that Devin Brown's wearing number 33. <laughs> I, I don't know that you've seen a quarterback wear number 33 since slinging Sammy Baugh uh, before our time, Joey. Certainly, which, which, keep which, in mind. Which is why he's wearing it. Uh, which is why he's wearing it, yeah. Sammy uh, Baugh was the first quarterback inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and Devin said it was something that his dad often talked about, and so he wanted to wear that number because – he was the first guy to set the standard, and I guess he wore it pretty much all the way until he was early on in high school, and then he ran into some situations where somebody else, yeah, team was wearing 33. But he's going to wear that number, which certainly I think stands out. It's uh, it's certainly rare to, to see. Yeah. They said he asked him about it. He said, are you sure you want to do this? Uh, and he said, yeah, I want to, and Ryan Day didn't have any issue with it. But uh, it's certainly kind of making yourself stand out in a crowd. Yeah, I I think the only time I could think of anything somewhat comparable, and after I'm looking at up right now, Michigan's quarterback Devin Gardner a few years ago didn't he wear he wore 98, which was obviously an unusual number for a, a quarterback. You're right. Uh, yeah, he did. Uh, yeah. So uh, anyway, I mean, it's I just got Dennis writing a story about the quarterback, so it's fresh in my mind, and and you can't like let. That kind of thing, passion by you gotta you gotta write about number thirty three. Uh, I wonder if Jeff Sawyer is like you know jealous that he's thirty three on defense. It's like wait a minute. I don't know that there are any many teams with a quarterback and a defensive end who have the same number. <laughs> but you know, it's also it was the those. number it was the number worn by James Laurinaitis, the new new graduate That's assistant for Buckeye linebacker. That's true. Ryan said um, it reminded him of Larry Bird. Yeah, that well. That's because Ryan Day is from New England and a Celtic fan and, and all that. Um, apart from, from Devin Brown's um, number change, I, you know, a couple of things struck me. First of all, I was shocked to see that Travion Henderson was out there in uniform. He didn't do anything, you know, in terms of individual drills, but I kind of expected him to be still limping around. Um, he had surgery on his foot. That was the, the reason that he had really struggled last year. But he, in the pre or pre, practice warm-ups he was out there and, and looked good i mean no limp no i mean not that i could tell uh mitchell melton who you know whenever we've talked to jim knowles the defensive coordinator about mitchell melton he, he kind of lights up a little bit he really thinks that he has potential as that jack uh position the hybrid defensive end linebacker and he, he uh hurt got hurt last uh, training error last spring and missed all last year and he's still working his way back in but he was again like Henderson at least on the field a little bit today yeah I think for 
for somebody like Mitchell Melton, it's a feel-good story. He ended the spring practice last year being assisted off the field at Ohio Stadium by a pair of trainers because he tore his ACL. And now it's the first day of spring a year later, and he's being able to, to be back there on the field practicing. But I do think if, if he's able to continue to progress and, and carve out a role, it's a big deal for Ohio State because – He's probably going to be the leading candidate to play at the jack spot if healthy. And if it's not Mitchell Melton, there may not be anybody else on the roster who they want to play the jack spot because now Jack Sawyer is going to be just a dedicated, traditional defensive end, hand on the ground, opposite JG Tuomola, which makes sense considering Ohio State losing Zach Harrison and Javante Jean-Baptiste. They need somebody to fill that defensive end spot. Opposite Zach Harrison, and Jim Knowles mentioned that he thought maybe Jack was focused too much last year on doing all the Jack stuff rather than the fundamentals as a pass rusher. And so maybe that helps Jack Slur take a big leap this year. But I think that's why Mitchell Milton is important because if he can recover, that somebody will allow them to use the Jack spot, which they're not really doing a ton of in spring practice because Mitchell Milton is going to be limited largely to individual drills rather than doing team period stuff. Yeah, we, we got to watch the first 30 minutes of practice, and that's typically not much. I mean, that's you get you get to see these guys kind of run around, do warm-ups. We saw special team stuff a little bit. So a lot of what we're sharing is what we heard in the press conferences and, and interviews with the quarterbacks. So, um, you know, I wish we could say, okay, here's who lined up at, on the offensive line. Uh, although we got a little bit of offensive line news. Josh Fryer, uh, Ryan Day said, is going to – be the left tackle, which is what we suspected, but it's really the first time he's come out and said, yes, that's where he's going to be. Um, and we, they did sled drills. That's one of the few things we could see. And Matt Jones and Donovan Jackson were the starting guards were the first two to do it. And then after that, it was uh, Josh Fryer, and it was uh, – who did I say it was? Oh, it was Zen Mikowski. Uh, uh, next, uh, you know, take it with a huge grain of salt. but. If you're looking for who might be lining up a little bit, you know, that's that's something. George Fitzpatrick and who was the other one? Carson, Carson Hinsman. Carson Hinsman, right. Who they like is potentially a center. Uh, in this this spring, Vic Jacob Cutler. James is out. Yeah, Vic Cutler, Vic Cutler. Yeah, Vic Cutler. Vic Cutler. Center reps transfer. So. Yeah. But Carson Hinsman, Hinsman and Vic Cutler probably take most of the reps at center because – uh, Jacob James, who Luke Whippler at the NFL Combine kind of thought would be the most likely successor to him, he's still out this spring with an injury. So, um, you know, we'll see about that. You know, in terms of how the quarterbacks threw, Comacor, I mean, they look good. I mean, but you can't, you just can't tell, really. Somebody commented to to Devin Brown that it looked like he had more snap on his on his throws this year, and. He said, "Yeah, he's gotten he's gotten stronger, he's gotten bigger. He's I think he said he enrolled at 180 pounds when he got to Ohio State, which that's awfully light. That's what he said he was, and now he's about 215. So you know he's put on 35 pounds in a year. Um, he, I mean, he does look filled out. There's no question. And Kyle McCord said that he's been working on his agility with with uh, strength coach Marotti and his staff, and he was like, he is you know he is more more athletic." And, and that was a, a, a major uh, talking point last year, last two years with C.J. Stroud. I mean, obviously a gifted thrower, but Ohio State fans you know, clamored to see him run the ball occasionally. And, and he, he did against Georgia effectively. And 
Kyle McCord said he he's watched that game, the tape of that game, like five to ten times, and trying to incorporate stuff, learn stuff. Uh, I think both those guys are going to be more willing than than C.J. Stroud was to run it. Lee Brown is considered more natural runner, and McCord's considered the more polished pocket passer. You know, again, it's I don't want to put too fine a line on that. I mean, I, I think McCord can run, and I think that Brown can pass. Um, it may be just kind of matters of degrees here, but um, you know, and again, we don't we haven't really seen these guys play much. We've seen McCord a little bit, but we've really not seen Devin Brown much at all. I think what's interesting about Devin Brown is he sees himself as someone who can extend plays and use his legs a little bit. He was asked sort of to give the skinny on himself, I guess, the scouting report uh, on, on for for Ohio State fans who really haven't had a chance to watch him play, and, and even for us who, who really aren't there for for most of their practices. What's the what's the, how do you see yourself as a as a passer? And he said he feels mobility wise, he's somewhere between. C.J. Stroud and Justin Fields, he said he certainly don't have the athleticism Justin has, but he feels he can do a little more than what C.J. did. And to me, if he is going to be the starting quarterback at Ohio State, he's somebody who at least views himself as somebody who wants to use his legs and, and make plays outside the pocket. Uh, Devin said he grew up going to some of the camps um, that Tate Martell had in Las Vegas. and was So for a long time, he is, uh, I guess <laughs> – I don't want to say looked up to Tate Martell, but when he was a, as a young kid, uh, that style of play, at least that, that Tate had, was alluring to him. And so he he really focused on that, and that was something he cared about as a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, when when I wasn't talking with Devin when, when he said that, but yeah, I, mean, I, I could imagine the, the raised eyebrows when <laughs> Tate Martell's name was invoked. For those who forget, Tate Martell was – uh, national player of the year as a high school player in Las Vegas comes to Ohio State undersized, you know, five ten ish, you know, uh, and was quite confident in himself. And and when it was clear Justin Fields was going to be transferring in, he was like, "Bring it on, bring it on." And then two weeks later, he he left, and so he saw the the writing on the wall and went to Miami, and then went to UNLV, and just never played. So. I don't see it as a cautionary tale. I mean, you know, it's just what it is, but it just shows you that, that, you know, not everyone who's a decorated high school quarterback becomes uh, amounts to anything as a college player. So now Devin Brown has, you know, six foot three and, you know, two fifteen. He's, he's has every reason to think that, you know, he can play and that, that it's not the same situation, but it was just jarring to hear that name again. Yeah, yeah. And I think especially in that context, I don't think he really uh, – I think it was just – he was pretty innocent about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what, I mean, the other thing we learned from the from the press conference is I thought uh, when Jim Knowles was asked about Denzel Burke, who's now a junior cornerback who had a, a really good freshman year and then not, not such a good year last year, he, he said he's really stood out uh, uh, in the offseason and – he really gushed about about Denzel, and they need him. I mean, look, let's face it. They have questions in the secondary. They've got candidates, but proven players, that's especially a cornerback, not really. And so a return to form by Denzel Burke would be crucial for this team. And, again, it's just what a coach says the first day of spring practice. I'm not putting a whole lot of stock in it, but 
he's around the guys every day and sees them and, and knows. And he said something about the, the defensive coaches had a draft, right? Like, who would you take? Yeah. He, was, you know, he said, look, I'm not giving you guys the results, but made it sound like Denzel Burke was pretty high on the list. Yeah, and he also said that, that Denzel broke up more passes in today's practice than he had it. And it, it all basically you thought maybe Denzel broke up more passes, got his hands on more balls today than he had all of last spring combined. So at least in camp. Yeah. Again, he was he was hurt during a lot of that. Right. At least during camp. I don't know if he was hurt how much he was hurt last spring, but I think if you're looking for to if you have your detector up to see whether it's it's they're they're blowing smoke or they're there's something real there, at least that's a case where they're pointing to something that's they're seeing. I thought it was also interesting when he was asked uh, different points about Sonny Styles and C.J. Hicks, uh, who were the top two, I think. Uh, Hicks was certainly the number one recruit in last year's recruiting class in the 2021, I guess it would be, uh, recruiting class. 22, <laughs> 22 class. 22, okay, that's right. 22, he signed in 21, December. Um, and and Sonny Styles was actually not even in that class until he reclassified the, to go a year early. And he made it very clear that that they they're going to find a way to get Sonny Styles on the field somehow, some way. Exactly how I'm not sure. He played a lot against Georgia. I mean, he's a big safety, almost like a linebackerish safety. They can use him as because he's so big. Um, so that he was Knowles was very clear that they want to find a spot, an impactful spot for Sonny Styles. Then when he was asked about C.J. Hicks, I mean, look, he said he's you know he's a great teammate. He's, he's doing fine, but you know we're not. We're still waiting for him to take that leap, and some of it is because he's behind um, Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers and and Cody Simon for that matter. So there's not an obvious spot for him. But I just thought it was telling that he kind of he had a different thing to say about Hicks versus Styles. Yeah, it's it's look with Sonny Styles, it's probably easier to get on the field at safety because just based on purely on the numbers game, they play three safeties, they play right. two linebackers, and you look at the guys who played more than anybody on defense last year. It was Tommy Eichenberg and Steele Chambers. I mean, those guys really right. never left the field. And Jim Knowles did talk a little more today about maybe wanting to rotate more at that position, but we'll see. Um, I don't think. I think bottom line is Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers are still going to play a lot next year. Tommy Eichenberg is a Buckus Award candidate. He's not going through spring practice. Uh, he was dealing with some hand injuries late last year, but he's going to play, play a big role in the defense. Same with Steel Chambers. And so I just don't think there's really a role for, for C.J. Hicks to, to play as far as playing just a bulk of snaps barring injury. There's, there there right. were times last year – or they did use three or four linebackers, uh, especially against heavier personnel teams or in short yarded situations. So with Taraja Mitchell gone, with Pelleyanoteote gone, uh, maybe he could sneak up the depth chart a little bit, but there isn't an obvious way for him to get to the field. Maybe it just, you don't, it's tough right now for him. But I will say, if you look at after this year, I mean, Tommy Eichenberg, Steel Chambers, Cody Simon, you would think a lot, at least. Two out of the two, the two of those guys, Tommy and, and Steele, would be moving on to the NFL. So that, I think that's maybe the timeline for for CJ Hicks. But, but you're right; it didn't seem the way Jim Knowles talked about those two players, same recruiting class. They it seemed like they were in much more of a rush to find a niche for for Sonny versus CJ. Right. 
Right. Um, you know, let's see what else did they cover that we should uh, share with with uh, you guys. Are you, um, are you buying stock as Marvin Harrison Jr. as a punt returner in twenty twenty three? No. I he mean, was? could he do it? Yes, he could do it. I mean, he was doing it today because Emeka Buka is is out for the spring. Julian Fleming's out for the spring, and look, it makes sense to to be able to use him. Maybe in a big situation, you, you put him back there. And he can he can break one, but uh, uh, I don't think you want to risk an injury uh, to, to Marvin Harrison on a uh, on a punt return. I don't think you usually also just thinking about him as a punt returner. I mean, he's six foot four. You you don't so typically right. no right that big. Uh, Ryan Day mentioned that he thought he had good depth perception. I guess could could field the ball well, but they're they're trying out a bunch of different guys there. Uh, a bunch of different wide receivers at Palm Turner, especially with the Mecca, Abuka, sideline, spring ball. Right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, that, you know, it was – there seemed to be a lot of energy on the team. I think just the vibe I got from Ryan Day, you know, he feels pretty good about the team. You have two big questions on this team. I mean, two major, major questions. Who's going to be the quarterback and how, how are they going to, you know, get that offensive line? In, in position to do what they do. I mean, you lose Paris Johnson, Dewan Jones, Luke Whipler. That's a pretty big hole uh, that you that you left, and, and you don't have anybody who's played a lot of snaps. And Josh Fires is the closest thing. So I think that's really the. I, I mean, I I would be more concerned about the offensive line than it would. The, the yeah, that to me is the bigger question mark. Yeah, it's you know it's it's. I think whoever wins the job, and and I we had this discussion last podcast. I mean, I, I think uh, Kyle McCord's the clear favorite. Not not a sure thing by any means, but the clear favorite. It might just, might just be my opinion. Um, but whoever it is, I mean, if it's Devin Brown, I think you feel pretty good. If Devin Brown wins the job, then he will have done something to make you think, yes, he's ready. Uh, the offensive line, he got to have five guys out there. And I'm not sure they're going to be ready. Uh, I think that's Justin Fry's, the offensive line coach. That's That's the big job for him. And when you look on defense, it's it's kind of more like the quarterback situation. Yeah, you're not sure who's going to play the interior of the defensive line, you know. But if you got Mike Hall and Tyreek Williams and um, you know guys like that, you feel you feel decent about it. Linebacker, you feel good about. You know, even the secondary, which we addressed, they have plenty of candidates. It's not a it's not a number shortage. Uh, it's just a matter of who's who's going to be and can they play up to the standard that we all know that they can and need to. Yeah. To me, I guess I, when we're talking about just what, what is the biggest concern for them to figure out this spring, at least with quarterback. I mean, these are two top 50 recruits that were identified by Ryan day command of high school and that have had between them three years in the program. And so you would think based on the track record of, of their development at that position, that they're going to be okay. Uh, I think the bigger question is an offensive line because there's nobody that they've recruited that I think you feel like you could just pencil in with total assurance. And I think there's some things you could like about Josh Fryer. Dewan Jones, when I remember talking to him before the, the Peach Bowl, he thought Josh Fryer could be a good left tackle. He's got quick feet, he has some, some basketball background, and, and that could work. But, I mean, Paris Johnson was the number one ranked tackle in his class, and I think for a lot of folks – you just expected that once he got to left tackle, 
it'd be an easy for position for him to step into right away, be great at it, and he's going to be a first-round pick. And there's nobody like that on the roster right now, but the, maybe they, they, that gets developed this spring. It's a big – I think of all the position groups this spring, that that is the one to, to watch because that's where they can, I think, make some big strides in. And they're also going to, to just need to figure out who's going to play where. But at least um, it seems like they know Friars going to be on the left side and then you have uh, Zemachowski and Tegra Shibola on the, the right. Right, right. Um, you know, that's probably most of what we learned today. Um, I, I'm racking my brain real quick here to see if there's anything else that, that jumps to my mind, my aging mind. Um, Kate Stover was practicing, which I thought was not enough yeah, considering, true. considering the the gruesome injury he suffered in the, in the Peach Bowl. He ended up going to the local hospital in Atlanta as a, for, as a precaution, and he was back practicing and, and doing things, which two months later I think is pretty good considering the hit he took. Right. Yeah, good point. Because that was a thought when when he came back to school, part of my thought was that he must have gotten hurt pretty bad because he probably wasn't going to be able to go through the combine and do a lot of that that testing stuff. And, and there is probably a difference between – that high-end individual testing you'd want to do at the combine or pro day versus just maybe going through a practice, but but still, that's a I think a positive development for for just his overall health. Yeah, and if you look at this team, I mean, especially the skill positions, man, they're I mean they're loaded. I mean, they're really assuming Travion Henderson comes back healthy, and you have Mayan Williams back there, Dallin Hayden. I mean, Evan Pryor's coming back. I mean, and then you look at the receivers. I mean. It, if I'm Devin Brown or, or Kyle McCord, I'm just licking my chops. Just just prove you can do it. And Ryan Day said today, look, we're not looking for him to be Superman, the quarterback. Just just make the routine plays. Um, now, it will require more than that. It's not that simple. You, you know, quarterback still got to be the best player on the team in terms of, you know, running the offense. But, I mean, you, that's – these guys ought to be salivating at the chance to throw to Marvin Harrison and then make a loop and a handoff to – the guys they're going to hand off to again it all starts with the line i think you're right because that's why they talk so much about the quarterback position being efficient being a good trigger man and even for cj stroud where he talked a little bit about maybe i should have run the ball more when he played ohio state a big part of why he didn't was because i don't think they're really coached to do that they want to be a distributor you have so many talented playmakers whoever is the starter this year kyle mccord Devin brown you're gonna have marvin harrison jr and mecca Julian Fleming to throw to, and Trayvon Henderson to hand the ball off to, Cade Stover at tight end. That's a lot of weapons, and I don't think they need them to to be Mr. All-World circling back there and really doing too much wild stuff. I mean, they'll they'll do some stuff, or they'll move the pocket. Occasionally stuff's going to break down, but, I mean, you're right. They they want a distributor at that position. and as far as the receiver goes, this also caught my attention when Ryan Day was was talking today. Uh, he mentioned wide receiver and and, the, and that position, and this is a big opportunity for a lot of the underclassmen to to get time because with Emeka and Julian being out in spring ball, uh, there are a lot of reps to go around. And, and Marvin Harrison Jr. and Xavier and Xavier Johnson are so experienced that they're not going to need the the reps, but. You mentioned a lot of the second-year receivers are going to be pushed by the by the these early enrollee class because they have a really good class: Noah Rogers, Bryson Rogers, and Carnell Tate. So that's something to to watch as well when we do get to, to see them. I uh, really do some 
some more team stuff in the following weeks? And we're hoping to. We're hoping to be able to see them because, uh, you know, we were told today that that there's a chance we'll get to see a little bit more practice, maybe a scrimmage or two uh, before the spring game. That, that'd be great because as of, as of you know, past years, we see very little. They, they had, they've had that student appreciation practice, which we get to watch, uh, and then the spring game. So any more than that would be would be great. Yeah, I think so. Is there anything else you want to touch on, Bill, before we... Uh... Well, I think we should share the big news um, in your personal life. Um, Joey and his lovely wife are going to be uh, um, doggy parents as of tomorrow. You gave that such a long lead-up that I think people were more prepared for something more uh, <laughs> monumental than... Uh... I think that's pretty monumental. You know... It, you know, there's the competition at quarterback, and I think there's the beat writer competition for cutest dog. And the standard, the bar is pretty high. I have to admit, yeah. the bar is pretty high for you, Joey, because my Ellie is she's a Heisman, a doggy Heisman candidate. It's the front runner, I think. She the is. on little Zuzu to, you know. Well, she's going to be a big Zuzu. Um, <laughs> the German Shepherd. Yes. But. Uh, yeah, Ellie does set a high standard. I will say she does not bark at all during any of our, our recordings of this podcast, which I'm sure the listeners appreciate. And I will not be able to say the same for mine. And we might have to even come up with some alternative venues for recording <laughs> on that front. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, congratulations to you and your and your lovely bride for for the first. <laughs> for for the addition to your family, yeah, a new a big a big uh, a big new friend, a big new friend. All right. Well, that just about does it from the first of Ohio State's practices and spring practice. Thanks for listening, and we'll have more for you in the days and weeks ahead. Thanks for listening. Be sure and subscribe to the Buckeye Extra podcast in the iTunes Store, the Google Play Store, or on Stitcher.